Through the sacred scripture of this Sunday, we continue to be instructed on important elements of what it means to be a disciple of our Lord. And so our Saviour teaches us that family ties are important, but not absolute. Just as a child grows to maturity and grows towards human and spiritual autonomy, so his or her unique vocation, which comes from God, asserts itself more clearly and forcefully as the child matures. This has happened to each of us who are adults. But seeking to do what God wants of us is lifelong. Parents have the role and responsibility under God to guide and lead their children towards not only independence, but also to know and love God and discern what God desires that they do with their lives. While children are a beautiful gift, they are not the property of their parents. They belong to God first and foremost. The greatest joy for parents must be to set their children on the pathway to heaven. But parents cannot guide their children for the whole of life like they do when they are young. Children grow up and make their own decisions for which they are responsible and answerable to God. Parents must be convinced that the first vocation of the Christian is to follow Jesus, that is, to be his disciple. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and the one who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. While parents must, and mostly do, welcome the marriage of their children and their new son or daughter-in-law, They must also welcome and respect with joy and thanksgiving the Lord's call to one of their children to follow him in virginity for the sake of the kingdom, in the consecrated life or in priestly ministry. Because those vocations are most clearly built upon the vocation given in baptism and confirmation. Baptism is hugely important. Firstly, because the gates of heaven are opened at baptism and the gift of faith and sanctifying and justifying grace is given. That is why the church expects parents to have their children baptised in the first weeks of life, basically so that if the child might die, there is the possibility of going to heaven. Apart from that, the other momentous change that baptism makes is mentioned by St Paul in today's second reading. When we were baptised in Christ Jesus, we were baptised in his death. In other words, we went into the tomb with him and joined him in death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might live a new life. Through baptism we are sacramentally assimilated, absorbed and incorporated into the person of Christ. 
we become an image of Christ, the Father's beloved Son. We are intimately united with him. But such a great gift requires a great response on our part. And this response is the continual effort, day by day, to conform ourselves to Christ, to make our thoughts like Christ's, to make our words like Christ's, to make our actions like Christ's, to have the mind of Christ Jesus. Just as he left the home of his Father in heaven, and left the home of his mother on earth to do his work in and for the world. So we too must be prepared to leave our parents' home and let our children go so that we may follow in his footsteps and take up his cross. The stories of the saints put real flesh and bone upon what Christ asks of us. One saint who shows us clearly what putting Christ before everything, even family and even one's life, is Saint Jana Mola. She was born in Magenta in the city of Milan on the 4th of October 1922, the 10th of 13 children to Alberto and Maria Beretta. Theirs was a truly Catholic family. Alberto and Maria were third-order Franciscans and they attended Mass with their children very early every morning and the rosary was recited together in the home each evening. After the rosary, the family repeated the consecration to the Sacred Heart along with other prayers and then they spent the evening together. Due to her careful training in her religious studies by her parents and her eldest sister, Amelia, Jana was fortunate to be allowed to make her first communion at the age of five and a half. Two years later, she was confirmed at the cathedral in Bergamo. From then on, Jana went to Mass and received Holy Communion daily. Whatever the state of the weather, or her studies. She was a daily communicant her whole life. When she finished school, she wanted to become a medical missionary in Brazil, but the death of her parents and the Second World War prevented that. So she studied medicine in Milan, among the difficulties and privations of wartime. She graduated as a doctor in 1949. Something she wrote about the significance and value of a doctor's mission gives us an insight into her deep spiritual life. She wrote this on a prescription pad, most appropriate for a doctor. She called it Four Norms for Doctors. Number one, to do our part well, Study our science well. Today there is a seeking after money. Number two, be honest. Be doctors of faith. Number three, 
Have a loving care thinking of each patient as a sister or brother. Have a certain delicacy. Number four. Never forget the patient's soul. We who have a right to a certain confidence must be attentive never to profane the soul. This would be a betrayal. Instead, always do well. On September 24, 1955, Jana married Pietro Mola, an engineer whom she came to know and love over some time. Pietro wrote in a letter during their honeymoon, I quote, Her holy virtue, the gentle goodness and affection of Jana, give me the full joy and serenity which I asked of Jesus on my wedding day. With Jana I am sure of forming a truly Christian family on which she will know how to draw the most beautiful heavenly graces. We have begun and will continue with perseverance the daily recitation of the rosary. May our Heavenly Mother always watch over us and give us the grace to be cheered by happy and healthy children. Pietro and Gianna were blessed with three children, Pierluigi, Maria Zita and Laura. To thank God after the birth of each child, Gianna took money from her savings to give to the missions. She gave an amount equal to six months of a worker's salary. Each pregnancy for Gianna was difficult and each child was born overdue. In the second month of her fourth pregnancy with Giannina, she was diagnosed with a benign tumour of the uterus. Jana rejected two options of intervention that would have killed the fetus. She agreed to a third option, but Jana made it clear that nothing be done to interrupt the pregnancy or to harm the developing baby though this third option was the riskiest for her own health. At this point, Jana made it clear that the life of her unborn baby was to be placed above her own. She was solidly pro-life and rejected all advice that involved abortion. As the pregnancy progressed, she made that very clear to her doctors. And so the surgery was done and the pregnancy went on. She went to hospital to deliver her baby on Good Friday, 1961. Once more she told her obstetrician that the baby's life was to be chosen over her own. A difficult labour ensued and Janina was delivered by caesarean section and then complications set in. Jana developed septic peritonitis and died seven days after the birth. More than physical pain, she suffered the most in her last days at the thought of leaving her children. Her daughter, Janina, followed in her amazing mother's footsteps and became a doctor. St. Gianna Mola 
is the first woman physician to have been declared a saint. Her husband and children were present at her canonization in St. Peter's Piazza in Rome in 2004. It is important to note that the canonization of St. Jana is the first of its kind. Many mothers have been beatified or canonized for their heroic virtues, but they usually entered religious life after becoming widowed. In St. Jana's case, the very condition of her being a spouse and mother is being exalted and highlighted to the Church. Let me read from the postulatory letter dated April 11, 1988, signed by Cardinal Giovanni Colombo and the 16 bishops of the Bishops' Conference of Lombardy in northern Italy. This gives us a further glimpse into this amazing woman. The letter asked for the glorification of this wife and mother, and I quote, who lived as an example of the highest order in this world, which is unable to understand and inclined to deny the right to life. Such a mother and martyr, who out of love for God and in obedience to his commandment, thou shalt not kill, bears witness and exalts the heroism of a Christian wife and mother, sacrifices her life to say yes to the Christian duty of love and out of respect for life, God's gift to men. This example of wife and mother is what we, archbishops and bishops of Lombardy, as well as in the name of the faithful, would like to propose today to the whole church at a time when egoism and violence are rampant. It has become very easy to kill in both hidden and blatant ways. In this our world, prone to introduce the legalisation of abortion, Jana Beretta Mola has become a courageous example of Christian behaviour. In conclusion, Christ did not say to us that following him would be easy. Anyone who takes Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow in my footsteps is not worthy of me. St. Jana said the same thing in her own words. It is not right to knock at the Lord's door without having suffered greatly. May St. Jana Mola pray for us that we may be true disciples of Christ, ready to suffer with him, and to suffer for him. Amen.